Loading with the F Podcast, episode 31. Hi, and welcome to What the F Podcast. Hi, Fers. I am Tamara, and I am black. <laughs> and I'm Rebecca, and I am not black. No, she's white. And, we and feel... she has children that are oh, biracial. I do. Yeah. We just wanted to uh, say that. <laughs> yeah, people don't, they don't exactly seem to think that uh, we have any, any sense of culturalism. No. Somebody, I say people, one I think person. people assume that... We're not. We're not. Yeah. And a lot of people assume, I guess, that I'm white. And I think that says a lot about them because Correct. yeah, if I'm supposed to sound a certain way, then that's, you know. Culturally insensitive. Exactly. It is. It is. Correct. Yeah. So we just wanted to address that for you all because we don't really post. We don't really have like pictures of us and right. stuff, which we will be doing more in the future so you guys can see what we look like and Correct. all that. Which we have posted some pictures, but There's it's been, been a while. Some, ago. But it's been a while, so we'll do it you again. Know. Um, anyway, for the efforts that like us and love us, we love you too, and we like you. And <laughs> thank, thank you, you for reviewing us. Yeah, thank you for reviewing us, and also thank you, new listeners too. We- yeah. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to, the to the show. Our, our fucked up world. Yeah. And uh, just to let you know, we are a pop culture and true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. We cover. Fun stuff. Crazy stuff. Also not so crazy stuff. Yeah. And things that make you say, what the F? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So speaking of pop culture, we're going to get right into it. We're going to just dig in. So first we're going to talk about yep. something that isn't that fun. Um, we are in Kansas City and we have... An NFL team <laughs> called the Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> and on the Chiefs, there is a player. He's number 10. He is Tyreek Hill. He's a receiver. And he's an asshole. A real dickhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to tell him what he's done? Yeah. So the police were called to his home mm-hmm. after, what was it? His Was it his son or was it the girlfriend? Which was first? He's the first was the the his girl his fiance, who is pregnant with twins. Yes, with his his twins. Yes. So the first was his fiance, and uh, they were called because he was punching and choking her. Pregnant. A pregnant. pregnant. Okay. So he got three years probation for that. He um, and then anger management classes, which obviously did not work. Ugh. So then in March. Um, there was a report, they said that it was reported in Kansas City Star first, that his three-year-old son was hurt. He had broken his arm. Had broken arm. And so what came from that is this recording. Yeah, so they had, obviously, he had broken his arm. The little boy had basically told other people that daddy did it. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's that attempt on the you know, assault on the pregnant girlfriend. Right. And so police went to her and asked her to record any evidence that she wasn't involved or that he was involved. And so she agreed. And then um, 
mic'd herself up and then had a phone conversation with him that was recorded. And basically, she said, your son is scared of you. Mm-hmm. He's terrified of you. Mm-hmm. And he said, you should be terrified of me, bitch. He said, yeah, he, he should be. And you should be terrified yeah. of me too, bitch. Mm-hmm. And so he calls her bitch. He calls her bro. He calls right? her the N-word. I mean, it's just very obviously not loving. And he pretty much is admitting to it. She says oh, yeah. that, you know, um, uh, that he punches the three-year-old, like, in his chest he's as three. punishment. Punches and, him in the chest, and mm-hmm, he's three. And he's three years And old. then we're talking a football player. Right. Who's strong. Strong. And who is strong for work. And he's mm-hmm. so he's on, and see, especially in season. And then after, out of season, he's practicing, so constantly having that adrenaline and energy. Yes. And then so. he's telling the three-year-old not to cry because he needs to be a man. So I guess he's doing all this so that he can be a man. Up. And that's scary to think of what kind of man this little boy is going to grow into mm. with this going on in his life. And so this is um, uh, right now the Chiefs are handling it where he's just banned from practicing with right. them for this, for I guess the practice season. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if he gets, you know, taken off the team or whatever, fired. But um, from what I read, a lot of it, he might not, you know, just because he's really, really good. Yeah, they say he's the best in the NFL, best receiver in the NFL. And so they don't want to get rid of him because that's money. Right. And, <laughs> and they've already, you know, the Chiefs want to win. Right. And if he's so good, that's one of the, one. he's down, then they've got to replace that with somebody who's just as good, which is fucking not easy to do. And it's shitty that that's their basis of being employed. Mm-hmm. I mean, because essentially this is his fucking job mm-hmm. and you're going to employ and have this person as the face of your business. Right. I mean, that's trashy. Come on now. It is not worth it. I, I just don't think it's right because you're just condoning them that behavior and just saying it's okay, uh, you know, just because he has anger issues and things like that. He needs to he needs to work on that. And he does have the resources to work on that and he's obviously not right. using them right and so you know they have tried to protect him many times and it just instead of him going oh that was a mistake i shouldn't have done it it was i'm not going to stop because but I'm, it's, it's more than like oh yeah mistake. like i broke a kid's arm no i know i'm just know? talking yeah. about even with his girlfriend i uh-huh. mean there was so many you know that there's been things covered up that we haven't even heard of right that he's probably been protected well this was from. probably supposed to have been covered up and for sure we weren't supposed to know about it nor were so. we supposed to hear the audio We'll just see how that plays out. And the mm-hmm. hope to God they get rid of him. Everyone in Kansas City is pissed off about it. Yeah. You know, get yeah. it get And this it is like national news. So a lot of people are just upset about it. And we don't know a ton about football. But I do know that that behavior is unacceptable. I, that's the only thing I know about football. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. There's a ball. There are, is this guy. There's guys they, they pound into <laughs> each other. And in. this guy needs to get his pounding, you know, in a oh. different way. I hate him. Anyway. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, I wanted to speak real quickly uh, about uh, the hashtag Free Britney. Have you heard about that? Please tell me all about this. Oh, well, you know how Britney's in a mental health facility? No. Why is this not <laughs> covered? I thought I told you about that. I've never heard of this. She's in a mental health facility. What? Well, actually, she just recently got released. Um, but she was in a mental health uh, facility and um, 
you know she's under that conservatorship conservatorship that her father then controls pretty much her whole life so i was reading up on the free britney hashtag it sounds the conservatorship sounds really really messed up wasn't her dad sick and she quit yes, the whole her dad's, the last thing we talked about was her being yeah on the and in las got, vegas well then she was saying that she uh she got be with re- family she got really stressed out and everything and so she admitted herself into a mental health never facility. heard of this okay how long okay. was she there for um i'm not really sure a month maybe okay and so uh a lot of people I mean, even celebrities are like free Britney because it seems like she's there. She's not, still there. It seems like, no, she just got out. Oh, okay. Right? And it seems like she was there not under her will. Like she, she was wanted to be out. forced to be in there. And this conservatorship pretty much just um, is, is somebody controlling her life. Like uh, um, she can't really have any friends. Anybody what? she hangs out with, they go and check the house and make sure there's no drugs and things like that. Oh, um, she's I always see. monitored. She just really, it just sounds like a really unhappy existence. And also on top of that, it sounds like her manager and her father are taking a really large cut of her money. You know, she has no control at all. And is it I'm because sorry, she has, like, is it because she has, um, Mental health issues. No, I'm not even that's saying why. that. Well, that's why she's under the conservatorship. Well, that's what they're calling it. But I'm saying, I w- w- and I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm saying, are they doing it to protect her, quote unquote? Is that their idea that they're doing it to protect her because she's making choices that are going to kill herself? Well, they. Well, I mean, a long time ago when she did have that breakdown, you know, this conservatorship was supposed to be only temporary. And normally when... People I see what you're that. saying. It's yeah. been on there since then, since the sh- yeah, head like shaving? Yeah, like she's not doing anything anymore. So she should be able to control her life and have some say in things. So that's why there's hashtag free Britney and a lot of her fans and even celebrities, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus yelled, um, I believe they said the Met Gala, she yelled free Britney. You know, it's a lot of... Um, I have, I have, I'm yeah, so behind the ball. A lot of celebrities are speaking out about it okay. and stuff and it just isn't right. And um, you guys know that I love Britney and I just I just you know I just feel really sad and sorry for her you know I didn't know that the conservatorship was so bad and um if you guys get the time look at the hashtag free Britney there is a fan who writes in detail wow about this and about how messed up it is and how the judge that approved it is uh, wrong too it's just so much but yesterday Britney's mom uh, filed that she wants to be in charge of uh, the conservatorship, which is a big deal because her mom has always supported the father. So it almost is like uh, now we father. know something is going on. Something's not right. Mm. So if her mom's saying she wants to take control. So God, mama, get it. I know. So we'll see what happens with that. And um, Brittany, we love you. We love you. <laughs> Man, yeah. I never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, now you have. Now I know. And check free out Free Britney. Hashtag, hashtag Free, free Britney. Britney. Yeah. Yep. And so we're going to go into now uh, the Met Gala, which I spoke about. Miley Cyrus was there. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what she wore, though. But um, Met Gala was last night. The theme was camp. Mm-hmm. And that was a theme that a lot of people just did not understand it's hard to explain they say it's like um, explaining standing in a corner in a circle 
and how that's how it's easy to because because yeah. you can't stand in a, a corner or in a circle, circle. There is no corner. so it's really explaining it like that which is just that's yeah, as that, confusing as that, that makes perfect sense yeah yeah so it, that's what a camp is i would i i almost want to say a camp is like very similar to how like a lot of drag queens dress and uh-huh. stuff or and theme parties yeah so um it was it was fun it was fun looking at all the fashion everything who were uh, was your favorite, or did you have a few favorite looks? Um, of course, because I was looking at them. Um, She's pulling up her phone. I am. I'm pulling up my She's phone right now. She's looking. Do 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 do. <laughs> well, I can say that I liked Casey Musgraves' outfit. She dressed like Barbie. Oh, I didn't see that one. It was so cute. So she had like a long blonde hair and a pink dress on, and had a purse that was a hair dryer <laughs> oh that's cute yeah it was and really... she's a country singer yeah okay and i love her <laughs> okay so my ultimate favorite from you know i saw like seven photos that's, what, that's fine. but out of the seven photos i saw mm-hmm. i would say laverne cox and she, oh, gosh. And she yeah, is from she orange good. is the new black right i mean that she outfit did was it. swanky yeah that's nice she did it um, and then I have to give it to Kendall Jenner because oh, that really look nice. was on fire. Okay, yeah, she looked like it a looked on fire. Wait, yeah, she was orange, gorgeous, orange. And the, but can we talk about her sister though? Uh, was that was that Kylie or was that Lil Kim? Lil Kim. She's like she looked like she was channeling Lil Kim. She had purple they hair. They definitely go to the same. They have to go uh, yeah, to the same. Uh, that was face so plastic weird. Man. It was a. Purple hair, and then the dress mm-hmm. was purple, and it just reminded me of that little Kim outfit that she wore to the MTV Award Music Awards years ago. But they but, even have the similar facial it, well, expression. Well, if, it, if it's similar, then there's a lot of plastic surgery going oh, on there. Oh, for sure. Oh, speaking of, uh, Kim Kardashian claims Kim Kardashian her outfit. Oh. oh, yeah, Kim Kardashian's waist was like what? She looked an, like an a, alien. She had, she had like a twelve size waist. I mean, <laughs> it was insanely tiny. small. Like they, they said, it was a corset. It definitely looked like she had her ribs. Bottom she had ribs, to ribs removed, right? I mean, it just looks so because uh, her hips are so. Was huge. she sitting? No, she was standing the whole night. I don't. Oh. I don't know what she did inside, but you know it's all about the outside and getting the p- pictures oh, and everything. She loosens but it her, up to sit down. Maybe, maybe she did. Yeah, Who knows? Maybe she not. just left. But it just was very exaggerated looking, and just it looked dangerous. It just didn't look right at all. I, I mm-hmm. think, and I don't think she the got tiny the waist, the big big hips. Yeah, not natural. Right. Anyway. Weird. Anyway, um, I also like Serena. Williams outfit it was yellow it's feathers mm-hmm. and she had um she wore her Nikes her who those are people who sponsor her so of course, of course she's gonna go ahead and incorporate it oh, and yeah. it was yellow and uh the dress was yellow and I thought she looked nice and then Lady Gaga of course would get the theme camp because that is Lady Gaga mm-hmm. and she changed into four different outfits oh, did you see her no her- I saw pink a pink one with it was um, pink, umbrellas. Pink and black and stuff. She changed. So each time she was like shedding clothes. Oh, wow. And then she would pretend to be like a different character almost with each She's outfit incredible. change and stuff until she ended up in just like a bra and underwear. She's, I mean, this is up her alley. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. knew. Like she, yeah. If Lady I mean, Gaga didn't bring it, <laughs> we I in know. trouble. <laughs> but there are like tons of other people that brought it. So you guys look at the pictures and stuff because people went all mm-hmm. out for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Kim Kardashian, I read today that she said in 10 years, she wants to be an attorney. 
oh, and yeah. fight for uh, people who've been like wrongly accused <sighs> of things, just like how she did, you know, last year. And she wants to be an attorney like what her father. What did she do last year? Oh, well, we don't know what she did. Let well, us know. We, I, I know what she did. I, I just forgot don't want to get into it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, her father, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, I told you just completely. She is such a character. You actually forget who she is. Yeah. She said she wants to just. That makes sense. Um, be done with, um, you know, her whole public life. And she just wants to be an attorney. So I actually think that's good for her. You know, that's nice. And that's nice that she wants to help out people. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing. You know, and is she going to start from I mean, what kind of education is she starting from? You know, that's a good question because I don't think she went to college. So okay, I think so she's she, starting from the beginning. She would because you can't just be like, oh, I want to be a lawyer. And we already know that <laughs> that paying it off doesn't work. So <laughs> right. come on, Kim, you're going to have to go the real, so ra- she's gonna real have route. To, yeah, she's going to have to go to school for that. Um, maybe that's why she's like 10 years. She was like, <laughs> it might take me 10 years to do all this. Oh, okay. Stuff. She said 10 years. Yeah, she now. said in 10 oh, years okay. from now, she wants to be done with her public life and be an attorney. So good. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's all of the pop culture news Then I have. Meghan Markle had her baby. Oh my gosh, I forgot to say that. <laughs> she had a baby boy. She had a baby boy. And I. Um, so tomorrow, I think they're doing their photo op. So, oh my god, I can't wait to see the baby. I know, and we get to know the name then. Oh wait, we don't know we don't know the name. We don't yet. know the name. That's right. Nope. And so uh we'll find that out, I believe, tomorrow. So you guys will already know. But congratulations, and, Megan and Harry. Yeah. It's very exciting. And the way Harry was talking about it was simply adorable. Yes, he is very, very excited and love. about it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like them a lot. And so Yeah, it's gonna be great. It'll be wonderful. Okay, thank you for reminding me of that. I mm-hmm. how could I forget about that? I don't know. It's a lot of things going on. It is. There's a lot. Well, a lot. A so lot to catch up on. Speaking of a lot, we have Rex, Mr. Rex here, and sound the applause. Sexy Rexy. That's right. I'm glad to be back. Yes. I, mi- I missed you guys. Well, we miss you too. We missed you. See, I get to see you. Our listeners missed you. Oh yeah, I'm sure mm-hmm. every day. All the calls, all the emails. It's just overflowing. And we're just like, where is Rex? Right. What the hell is happening? Yeah, where am I listening to right now? That's right. Well, this isn't I'm a show. back. Yeah. And um, in true fashion for the segment, I will give you and Becky your official top 10 list for the night. Okay. So since it's a true crime podcast and you guys rely, unfortunately, on people being murdered. Okay. Um, yes, we tonight's, do. Tonight's tonight's top ten will be the top ten reasons that people kill. Oh. Ooh. So this I know. Sadly, I mean, you know, it's not a good thing, but but um, it was kind of an interesting list that was compiled, and um, as usual too, we'll go over to Becky. <laughs> Becky always gets Becky the, should, Becky right for the top ten reasons people kill. Uh, cheating. Cheating. We will classify. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. And we're going to classify that under what they call domestic. Oh, for okay. sure. So we'll, oh. we'll, is that the number one? Yes, that is okay. number one. So, yes. Yeah, number one answer off the board. Good job. Um, and domestic encompasses many <laughs> things. Oh, yeah. Yes, cheating. Oh, for sure. Yes, it not does. cheating. Control. Just being relation. Yeah, just being near the person. Yeah. Yes. Just tired. Of you know the person. You. Yeah. Yeah. You stole my pizza slice. Yes. And I told you not to, or you should have just known. Yeah. You slammed that door. You. Woke me up too early. Farted too much? Did you hear about the lady who killed her husband because he farted too much? No. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'm sorry, sir. Good job. That's so funny. Good job on domestic. (laughs) Um, Okay. 
Over to you, Tamara. Money. Money. Okay. Also correct. Money's ooh, number two. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, okay. You yeah. You're doing very well. Are you, I, neither one of you saw this list, but no. yes. One and two. Domestic one. Money two. So, I mean, what else is there? Well, hey, I know. Um, I know. Really, yeah. Um, um, evil intent. I don't know. I know. <laughs> the devil all of has, it. The evil devil has intent. entered his body. That is all of them. Evil intent. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I begrudgingly have to tell you God no on that. I'm gonna, I hate to give Becky a no, but that's only your first strike. <laughs> Sex. Sex is also not on the list. Really? Sex? We aren't killers, You guys apparently. think about... It's just funny. It's, if you guys would just give this... Oh, do you want us to be like more specific with no, it? No, no. I just think about guidelines. what makes people... We see this all the time on all the, on everything. What makes people kill other people? Do what you are know, they like usually... Sometimes, though, is there a I, rubric here? I mean, I think I'm in a weird mood and I can't really think <laughs> right now. And so... Um, we well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you evil intent. Who said evil intent? I did. Okay, Rebecca. I'm going to give that to Becky because <laughs> anger is one. So, and anger, so anger is on the list, and so I will. I'm giving okay. it. To, I'm, See, the I judges, take it. I'll take the judges, it. Judges, yeah, reconvene. That could go under domestic. Oh, I have well, one. Okay. I have one. Drugs. Okay. See, there we go. Now we're getting somewhere. They're on drugs, drugs and alcohol. They want drugs. People yeah, alcohol. Constantly, right? They say angry. Was, yeah, all these people who go to prison, like, hey, I they're did this always when like I was. on something. Yeah, exactly. I was right. under influence. So mm-hmm. Becky is on a roll now. She is. You know, I might be a killer. It's okay. I'm not. I'm definitely not. And okay. if you thought... Like, you have to state that. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to come after me. <laughs> Just want to make it clear. Do I need... I'll give you, I'll give you okay, a hint. Okay, give us a hint. I'll give you a hint. Thank you. Because you know me better than Tamara. You've seen me drive. Wait, that was not said right. I, know. <laughs> I, I don't know you at all. No, no, you, oh, I'm sorry. Like, is... Tamara, you know me better. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so Gosh, your, like... your hint would be, you have seen me drive. <laughs> you, you ride in the car with me. Oh, Oh, oh there's yeah. A, what do they call a that? A road rage. Road rage. Oh, I just heard. Um, I just heard Justifiable a murder homicide. of road rage. <sighs> we had one. Only, we had one in Kansas City. Well, I'm sure we've had more than we've one. We've had but. more, but that you know about. So yes, just, road rage, road yeah. discipline, definitely. Road causes. discipline. Is road what it's discipline. Well, they, they Nobody call calls it that. Hey, the, the, <laughs> that makes it sound like it's okay. <laughs> you naughty or nice? Right. <laughs> right. Road discipline. Oh. All right, you got to keep going. You guys have one. Okay, hint. Two. Oh, there's more. Okay, yeah, there's He's more. Ten. Oh, okay. I would say this is this one. You guys should get two. Is I guess I wouldn't think of it as in the top ten. But what do people usually claim when I have killed somebody and I don't want to be prosecuted? What for a raping? People? Well, no. I what do I say? I did. You say you oh self defense. There you go. I okay. Yeah, so insanity. Well, self defense. Okay. So self defense oh, okay. is one of the top. What ten about things. insanity? Insanity did not make mental the list. health. Did not make the list. Thank God. Well, yeah, we don't want to criminalize uh, mental health. Yeah. Well, um, well, I'll give you guys these. Um, okay, thank you. Because the other ones are a little, to okay. me, they're a little out of the box. Okay. Religion arguments made the list. Really? But I think they went global with that. Uh, wow. You're, you're they religious def- and then you're going to kill somebody? Well, that happens Relig- a lot, it does, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Middle East. Greed, which kind of Or not goes, even. Well, yeah. they're fighting. That's true. Greed. Greed, I think, goes along with money. Well, see, I, I think, think they could have put money. those two. Yeah, yes. I think they could have put those two. should have given me that. That was, yeah, that's true. Could have got two in one. Yes. Tamara got that one. I never would have got the last one. It okay. Made, it made the list, like I said, I guess, because they run out of topics. They said mercy. But mercy? I don't think mercy killing. I don't think there's a lot of mercy killing. Well, well maybe we don't know. Is there more what is a mercy killing? Maybe, um, do you know, like, it's, um, uh, isn't mercy killing, like, say, you're part of a religious, say you're part of a certain religion and you're embarrassing the family. Oh, shit. Sure. Well, it know, could, or it could right? also be when somebody, you know, you feel like, hey, I'm sick. 
you know, and, and I, you think I, so? Like the, oh, the like the, gotcha. the, oh, the angel nurse yeah. or like, angel yeah. of death or whatever that or like shit a, is. Assisted suicide type that's of thing. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. That I would say would I be have more cancer. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Just put me out of misery. Absolutely. Right. So I think or I'm making the decision. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I see. But yeah. So wow. That happens. More than what we think. I yeah, guess. it does. Well, but like you said, I think you do kind of run out of reasons. Like you said, they have to put some of these domestic covers. I mean, how many things? Mo- most of those. Money covers. Most of those. Yeah, drugs, I mean, I'm surprised same. there's 10. You I know. know. I mean, yeah, so, it's, I mean, usually, so. it's like sex and money are the, the reasons. Well, we see so many sex, things. Sex, money. Custodies are the yeah, ones that we see that custody. these people do all this stuff mm-hmm. on when we watch a lot True. of these shows. That, you know, custody mm-hmm. battles create huge animosity. And, yeah. And make people do that. So, right. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that, um, great show. I'm glad that, to be back. I love. I could listen to you guys talk football all day. No, thank that, you. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, awesome. we're gonna yes, do we a little are. more of that. We're gonna give like recaps. I know. Um, I <laughs> no, will we say won't. since since it was Cinco de Mayo here a couple days ago. I don't know when this will finally hit, but um, hope you guys had a good Cinco de Mayo. Um, Oxygen actually has a show called. The five Cinco de Mayo murders. Really? That you might want to check out. Why did we not do that? You guys might want to check those out. They're they're pretty cool. My favorite one, probably of all, is the is the brother. (laughs) I I think it's a guy who kills. It might be his brother. I know he kills another guy. Mm -hmm. Um, they had a dispute over a cheeseburger. Which, we are doing. Don't tell it. We're going to tell it okay. next season. Which food? Food was not on the list of top ten reasons to kill, but um, but food obviously caused them to domestic wow. goes back to and domestic brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so uh, some of the other ones are a little darker, not as fun. Cinco de Mayo. <gasps> oh, but, oh, I thought um, you meant the burger killing. I was no, like, no. that's awful. Well, that one was a little more. <laughs> that was real fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, just a little more, I guess, entertaining. <laughs> but the other, but no, there's like five um Cinco de Mayo mirrors on oxygen. Five. They're very good. Shut right. your so, face. So That's you, so much so, going on. Yeah, you guys okay. need to check that out. We will, and so. we will next year. We're going to do it. Do our single day murder. Which, what's we a, did that one already. That's right. Yeah, we can name it same thing. Didn't we? Single day murder part two. We oh. did do that yes. last year, right? We did it last year. Yes. <gasps> it's a, oh, man. We're, yes. ra- it we're coming be, around. It can be annual. It can. Okay. Well, that's, yes. I'm glad we covered it the first time. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to enjoy the cases yeah you will we'll get to hear the reasons why these people murdered that's yeah right. and figure out where they fall, they fall, the, they they fall the, on the list yes so. thank you hey, we thank really you so appreciate much. you thanks for having me oh oh my god they're yeah. about to kiss it's no. gross stop it no uh, todd cut this out <laughs> cut that out <laughs> <laughs> all right now we are ready to hear your story yeah i'm excited yeah i i think you might know it it's more it's a more um recent it is more recent. Okay. Not, not, I guess it's not, you know what? It's in 1999. Okay. But to no. me, that was like last year. I guess it wasn't. <laughs> Just it's, it's close to the 2000s. I'm glad it's not last year. Yeah, I, I was know. a mess. No way. Yeah, no. I'm glad it's not last year either. Okay. Anyway, I am covering the Yosemite murders. Yes, I do know this. You know this one? Yes. Uh, I figured you probably did. I don't know this one and I don't know why. I know it in... Yo, I know you- it, and I know like another backstory with it too. I would, well, then I kind can you fill wish- in? No, because I'd have to do more. I would love to okay, okay. do more research and stuff on it. Yeah, but if you know anything differently, you I just would, correct me. Um, because I was gonna do this, but do the backstory on it. It's almost like where it needs a full hour. Oh, I know, but I'm I right. I, so maybe I, at some point we can do like the backstory on it. But there is like more to it. 
Yes. Okay, so we'll talk about we'll just talk about that. We'll after just the show. yeah, but you'll but for today me, we'll just do this and then maybe we'll do a deep we'll explain, dive. Yes. Uh, another time. Yeah, and and the story basically kept growing, and I couldn't like get to the beginning of it ever, <laughs> but I had already committed. It's a big one to tackle. Okay, so. Okay, so this is this is the little bit you get tonight. Um, so in February of 1999, Carol Sund, age 42, took her daughter Juliana Sund, known as Julie. Um, she was 15, and their 16-year-old exchange student, who was from Argentina, Silvina, I think Palazzo. Okay. On a five-day road trip to see, or on a five-day trip to see some of the United States. Um, most gorgeous destinations. Sorry, okay. I'm reading. I'm following. That's okay. Um, they they were doing this before Silvina was um, going to return home. Okay. She had arrived in the United States to stay with the Sund family in late 1998, and they had gone to Disneyland, San Francisco, the Carrington Beach, and finally Yosemite. Mm-hmm. Their plan was to drive seven and a half hours from their home in Eureka, California, to Yosemite National Park. And then travel down to Arizona to see the Grand Canyon. Wow. Okay. Um, they started their five-day journey on February 12th, going to Yosemite National Park. Um, and for those of us who have not been there, I've never been to Yosemite. Have you? No, I haven't. Um, I've seen pictures. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was close to the bottom half of it, I think. Yeah. And I was supposed to go. I didn't go. Anyway, um, it's in Northern California and is described as a wilderness wonderland. It has gorgeous blue lakes, natural waterfalls. I can't even imagine. That sounds amazing. No, it does sound really nice. And it has amazing hiking trails. So Carol wanted to take the girls on a trip that they would never, that they would always remember. Yeah, I'm sure they would. Mm Mm-hmm. So the three stayed at the Cedar Lodge Motel mm-hmm. in El Portal, which is just outside Highway 140, um, Arch Rock Entrance, I don't know, to Yosemite National Park. Okay. So basically, they're it's staying. very near. They're right outside the National Park. All right. Um, it was during the off season, so it was cold. It was in February, right? So there was really not a lot of tourists in the area, and they basically had the motel to themselves. Um. For a couple of days, they hiked around Yosemite taking pictures and having fun exploring the area. Mm-hmm. And the three were incredibly happy to be on the trip. They were excited to spend the time together. Um, but unfortunately, the trip did not last long. Hmm. What they didn't know was that the motel maintenance man was a nightmare. Oh. He had had dreams of killing women since young childhood. Oh, my God. Um, his name was Carrie Stainer. He was 38-year-old maintenance man at the Cedar Lodge Motel. He was a Bigfoot enthusiast. Um, how old was he again? I'm sorry. 38. 38. Okay. He was a Bigfoot enthusiast, by the way. Um, anyway, so. What does that mean? Like enthusiast? He just was obsessive. <laughs> he thought it was real. He said he saw this person. I mean, he talked about Bigfoot all the time. Oh, okay. Enthusiast. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so he sees the three ladies returning to their hotel room on February 15th after a full day of fun. Carrie looks out his window and he was like, okay, this is who I'm going to take take out. I, he packed up a rope, or he he packed up a rape and kill box. He had duct tape, rope, a serrated kitchen knife, a gun hidden away in the box, and a camera. Wow. And he proceeded to their room. Why a camera? He wanted to take Why pictures of it. Why would you take pictures of it? Does You know what I find really funny is a lot of serial killers, they take 
pictures. Yeah, they want to they want to have evidence. It's, it's kind of like somebody. It's like somebody keeping somebody's ring or like. But isn't earrings. that like the dumbest thing? Because it's then it's truly if we, dumb. If, I mean, if they find that, it's it's evidence. It's just duh. Yeah. Yeah. So they were in they were in room five hundred nine. It was like in the corner. Mm-hmm. So it was already like an empty place, and they were even further away from right. like the entrance. Um. He and it was later in the evening. Um. He knocked on the door and he announced that he was the maintenance man and he needed to get into their room to check um, on if the leak from above was causing problems in their room. Mm. Uh, Carol, the mother, mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, no, this, it's not leaking. Yep, we're fine. And she didn't feel comfortable letting him in. So he proceeds on that he needs to get in to check and see if this leak was causing any damage and then he'd let them go. or like, And then he'd leave. Right. So Carol finally allowed him to enter the room. Once Carrie was inside, he attacked the women. He bound and gagged them with duct tape. And he took both Julie and Sylvina into the bathroom. So he Mm -hmm. took the girls into the bathroom. And then he went back into the main room where he immediately strangled Carol. Oh, wow. To death. Okay. Yeah. Um, Once she was dead, Carrie grabbed her car keys and then dragged her body out to the trunk of her car and Mm -hmm. tossed her inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie then just goes back into the hotel where he ripped the clothes off of the teenage girls and sexually tortured them and assaulted them for some time. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine the horror. I mean. Your mom just got killed. You hear some, you don't know where she's at. Yeah. Yeah. You know something's going on. Now this guy is like torturing you. And he's making, he's trying to get them to perform sex acts on each other. Oh my gosh. Um, this is after, after six or seven hours of that. Mm Mm-hmm. He was frustrated by the girl's lack of cooperation and his own inability to maintain an erection, Uh, of course. Yes. And he took Sylvina into the bathroom and strangled her and then dragged her outside, tossing her body next to Carol's in the trunk. Yeah, because it's totally her fault why you can't get hard. (laughs) Or the fact that she's terrified and doesn't want to have sex with you, you fucking bucker. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So Carrie returned to the motel room and began sexually assaulting Julie. Then at around 4 a.m., he carried her where he, um, I'm sorry, he carried her out of the motel room because she's still tied up, Mm -hmm. right? He placed her in the passenger side of the car, of her mother's car, Mm -hmm. where her mother and Sylvina were in the trunk. Mm -hmm. And he drove for a while down a two-lane road. Eventually, he ripped off the duct tape off her mouth and made small talk. I mean, what are you – hey, what's the weather outside? I know. It's like, fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, so he's talking to her, and she's probably fucking nightmare Oh, my gosh. Scared. She's just a horror. The horror. Yeah. She's probably trying to think, how can I save myself? Exactly. You know? Everything. Right. Carrie eventually turned off into an empty parking lot and carried Julie out of the car and what he later described as the bridegroom Carrie. Gross. Which ex- goes back to a, a previous episode. That is the carry that he carried that little girl. Oh, right. That on the is. last episode. Uh-huh, the last the bride episode. bridegroom carry. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, to know that he called it that is That's just vomiting. Gross. It's just it's nasty. Gross. So anyway, he carries her up a steep hill towards an overlook. Once he got to the overlook, he reached around from behind and then drove his knife into her neck, nearly oh decapitating gosh. her. Yeah. Wow. He just... Just swipes. Um, then he hid her body under some brush. Carrie then gets back to the car and then ditches it a few hundred yards down a rarely used logging trail off mm-hmm. of California 108. 
um, and setting it on fire. Wow. He walked two miles into Sierra Village and called for a cab just after dawn. So this is like okay, 4 a.m. He had her. So this is take it's like four additional hours from like right. dr- all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say maybe three to four hours. Mm-hmm. That's gross. Okay. So then the cab driver, um, her name was Jenny Paul. I added that because I feel like she should be okay. acknowledged. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So the cab driver... She gets the call. She goes to pick him up. And mm-hmm. she was confused by this haggard-looking man who asked to be driven to the Yosemite Lodge, which was about 90 miles. So she's like, fuck, it's a long-ass That's drive. That's a long drive, yeah. Um, it was a $125 trip. Wow. First of all, meeting somebody in the woods to pick it, them it, up. That's really weird. How yeah. do you get self-service? Yeah, and it would also be like, how would you get here? Right. You know? And what do you look like that for? And how do you have $100? Did he have blood on him? He, did, he didn't say. Oh, Okay. It didn't say he did. I mean, I would think if you almost decapitated somebody, that would leave blood. And I, I don't think he would. He brought a change of clothes with him. You maybe know. he did. In his maybe. kill box. Anyway, so she never reported the trip to the police. But when Carrie was arrested months later, she remembered this unusual conversation that transpired. Okay. He said, do you believe in Bigfoot? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, No. And he says, you should, because he's real. Oh, my gosh. Like, this is what he's talking this about? This is what he's talking about. If he murdered, 90 miles of he Bigfoot? He murdered three people, and then he's talking about Bigfoot. He is Bigfoot, motherfucker. He's an asshole. Can't stand him. Anyway. So she's like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you would remember you know, that conversation. You know she went home and was like, I drove this motherfucker 90 I, miles. I, and he talked about Bigfoot. Bigfoot. was real. <laughs> Frightening. <laughs> I bet she's not a cab driver anymore. Okay. Um, good thing she's alive. I know. I almost thought you were going to tell me that he killed her. Too. No, he was just, he had his fill. And he always had a dream to do that. Gross. So he got his chance. Yeah. That's gross. Well, he didn't stop. So, but we'll get to that. So Carol and the girls were supposed to meet her, um, Carol's husband, Jen, Jen's sons. He was at the airport and they, um, he was supposed to meet him, uh, the girls, meet right. all of them for the last part of their trip because mm-hmm. um, they were going to go down to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when she didn't arrive, he assumed that he misunderstood the plans and he got on the plane oh, okay. to to meet at their destination. She, he thought, well, maybe oh, she... Oh, so he was like, okay. So I'm just yeah, maybe, she, maybe we were supposed to meet there, you know, so right. he flies. Um, when she didn't show up there, he called the police to report the girls missing. Uh, For weeks, hundreds of FBI agents, California Highway Patrol officers, and National Park Service rangers combed Yosemite's rugged backcountry with dogs and helicopters. Mm -hmm. I I clearly copied and pasted that sentence, but it's true. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so at the Cedar Lodge, Carrie maintained a cool facade, even escorting the FBI agents from room to room so they could gather fiber fiber samples. This this guy is like showing them around. He's a psychopath. That's why. You know he was living it up. Yeah. So about he feels fi- nothing. He feels no remorse. He doesn't feel anything about it because they are nothing to him. He was actually annoyed about it, and we'll talk that, about the, that. That the FBI was there. Yeah, that he had to like deal with it. That he not that he necessarily had to deal with it, but that he that they were putting so much attention into it. And we'll talk about that later. People are missing asshole because of you. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so five to six weeks later, Carol's charred rental car. Her and Sylvina's remains were found. Um, then approximately a week later, Julia's body was also found under the bush 
Uh, two people at this time were being looked into as suspects, but four months after the murders, uh, officials were still searching for the killer. They had okay. no idea. Uh, the girls, um, let's see here. And they had very little leads. I mean, to who it could have been. Did they have any DNA on them or anything like they that? They did. They, I mean, there was little. There was mm-hmm. little to go off of. Okay. In that regard, like the room was kind of cleaned up, and okay. but then there was the car, and the car was charred. You know that type of thing. Okay. Anyway, everyone in the area was on high alert. Of course. But that did not stop Carrie from killing again. I mean, I remember when this was in the news. You do. Do you? Do you? No. Yeah, I do. I remember when they were missing. Really. Hmm. They were missing. See, yeah, this was such a new case to me. I was, I'm still traumatized from it, just from oh. reading it, <laughs> researching. Yeah, it. I remember just when they were missing. Yeah, and I, it being in the news, it was national news. Crazy. Was, yeah. No, I didn't. I've never heard of it. Anyway, so a few months later, on July 21st, 1999, 26 year old, and I'm going to say Joy, J O I. Yeah, I would think Joy. Okay. Joy Armstrong, a highly respected employee at the Yosemite Institute, who also lived um, in the area in an isolated cabin with her boyfriend and a roommate. She was packing up her car for a trip for the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, she told her coworkers that day that she was nervous about having to stay the night at her home alone for the first time since the three ladies had been murdered. Oh. Her boyfriend and roommate had left the house uh, for a vacation the day before, and she was set to join them, I the, believe, n- yeah. the next day. The next day. She, they, had, they went earlier. She went the next day. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, while Joy was packing her car, a blue and white International Scout, which I was like, what is that? Yeah, what is that? It's a large truck Jeep-like thing oh. <laughs> with no roof. It's kind of like a truck, you know, like a big boxy truck with the roof cut off. With the roof cut off. So it's like a Jeep. Okay. But it's a truck. Right. Okay. Um, anyway, it came down the dirt road towards her house and out steps Carrie. Mm. She didn't know who he was, but there he is. So he walks up to her truck. And she's, again, she's in an secluded area. So yes. someone's coming up and talking to you. You're yes. going to be like, what? Anyway, so he gets out of the car. His, he gets out of his Jeep truck thing and says, Hello, have have you seen Bigfoot in the area? Oh, did he say yes. that? Shut up. Yes. He did not say yes. that. <laughs> he said he wanted to ease her mind. Oh, my God. Have you seen Bigfoot? Have you seen Bigfoot <laughs> well, in the area? Well, actually, I have. <laughs> you know, I read this I read this on a couple different sites. Oh I will my. pee my pants if it's not real. But oh, my God. <laughs> I thought you, you know were joking. Like, no, he says that. Okay. It says on there, it says he said that. Anyway, if he didn't, this is the fake version. Um, no, but it did say that. That's funny. Anyway, have you seen Bigfoot in the area? <laughs> he said he has seen Bigfoot in the field past her property. Oh, my goodness. Um. Then when he realized, and she, of course, she did not see Bigfoot. No. Okay. So, but when Carrie realized that she was alone, he pulled out a gun and ordered her into a cabin where he bound and gagged her with duct tape. Mm. Then he ordered her back outside where he shoved her into the front seat of his scout. And he began driving back up the road. This is, you know, it's been bad up until now. You know, it's been Mm -hmm. a bad nightmare. But then, Joy, she is just a fucking fighter. Good for her. Uh, which makes it so sad, you know? Mm. Um, anyway, she, she knew she had to get away. Yes. 
She opened up the scout's passenger door. She opened up the door and leapt out of the moving vehicle headfirst. Wow. And then she ran for her fucking life. Good. She ran through some very rough terrain Mm -hmm. of brush and trees along Crane Creek. And this is like, you're just cutting yourself all the way through. Oh, yeah. Just shredding your your whole body, legs, everything. Yeah, you're running for your life. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure she didn't love it, but it was Well, she's running for her life. Yeah, Yeah. no, you're Mm -hmm. going. So she Mm -hmm. was doing this. Um, And... Let's see here. He ends up driving through the shit at her. He is crashing what? through in pursuit, driving after her. I mean, can you wow. imagine? Wow. This is this a, just so scary. It's just like. Fucking terrifying. Terrifying. It's like, she you is know, running. like what you see in a movie. You see the lights coming at yes. you. It's already dark, and I'm he's sure. In a, I mean, he's in something faster than you. Oh, obviously. He's just brushing and, right through, and you know. Right. Anyway, so uh, she made it. 150 feet 150 yards does that sound like forever that's a a lot i don't even know what a yard looks like but it does not sound small (laughs) it's not anyway (laughs) anyway so carrie then jumps out and he tackles her dragging her deeper into the woods and as she vigorously fought he slit her throat oh gosh he tried to pin um her chin to her chest to block, she tried to pin her chin to her chest to block. Oh, the to knife. block the knife. Yeah, so she's as as she's fighting, he she's putting her chin down to her wow. chest, like trying to protect her neck. That's smart. And Poor he thing. dragged her further into the forest, down a hill. Um, he put his foot on her head and began cutting her wow. again. Wow. God damn it. Uh, she's still alive. She's still alive after that? After the second cutting, she was still struggling. Oh, my goodness. How awful. He grabs her leg and drags her. And then a few seconds later, she finally went limp. Oh, my goodness. How awful. I mean. That's a terrible death. Fuck, she fought. She fought. She fought for her life. (sighs) So sad. He tried to cover his tracks, but it was difficult to hide the trail of blood. Well, that's hard. Yeah, cover up that. He tries to hide it with blood, with uh, pine needles and dirt. He's just, like, trying to get it to wipe up. Ugh, so bad. What a fucker. I can't even breathe after that. Okay. So then he goes back to his truck. Mm-hmm. Which is, he's just driven through the yeah, fucking he just, forest. Right. So that, there should be a lot of evidence and of um, that on his truck. <laughs> Yeah, and then he decided he would return back to where he had her, and he tried to cut her head off. He went back. Why is he so determined to cut, like, her decapitate, head off. decapitate I don't know. people? I don't know. Does that come out in the next story? I don't know. Um, he then tried to hide the head, but he thought about considering. He considered keeping the head. Why? Because he's, he's, at that point, why not? He's a not? psychopath. He's messed up. Fuck. So he ends yeah, up hiding it's it. It's like a trophy. But he thought about keeping it. That's he was gross. not going to get away with any of that. Anyway. He thinks he's spurred than everyone else, though, so he does think he's going to yeah. get away with it. Yeah, yeah. So he returns to his scout and flee, floods back, flee, fled, <laughs> fled, fled up fled, the road. Fled. He fled, fled <laughs> back up the road toward the Yosemite exit. But because he had just rammed his car through the woods, he didn't make it very far. Oh, good. Um, just a few miles short of the Cedar Lodge, his vehicle breaks down. Good. So he flags down. A pass, a passing by car. Mm-hmm. It happens to be a park ranger. 
Okay. The ranger picks him up and takes him home. Takes him to his house or to? Takes him to where he wants. Yeah, which okay. is at the Cedar Lodge. Wouldn't you be covered in fucking blood? I would think he would be. See, that's what I mean. Like No blood. He just takes him home. I don't understand that. I don't yeah. The, the ranger later recalls that Carrie had been easygoing and affable and calm. Yeah, because he doesn't give a fuck. He was incredibly as if nothing seemed amiss. Yep. Just Normal. probably talking about Bigfoot. God damn it. Didn't get that in conversation. Probably did. <laughs> um, so then Joey's body was or Joey's body was found the next day mm. on July 22nd, 1999. Um, when she they find her, mm-hmm. people said, I did. Did see a white and blue international really? scout. Oh, okay. So Carrie was instantly the prime suspect. Yeah, because how many people have that kind of car? not right? I mean, you got like two people that live in the neighborhood, <laughs> right? It's going to be easy. Um. So anyway, they had talked to him one time and then let him go, and then they come back again. They were like, "Dude, this is you." So they go find him. He is he is lying in a hammock in a clothes optional park. Clothes optional. Yeah. They have that in Yosemite? Yes. Didn't a know nude this. park. You're in the middle of nowhere. Why really? Where else are you going to do it? Right I just think of it like on the beach. I just think like nude beaches. I don't no. think about nude, nude parks. A nude. Like you want to be naked in a park with all that I don't know. Stuff. You know, I just. Yeah. This is common. Okay. Do people know about this? Is it just his park? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he was laying in a hammock in a clothes optional park. He was, was he naked. naked? Yes. Oh, gross. And he was smoking a joint. The just joint. have it just relaxing. He is. Just living it up. You know, up. just fine. I just murdered four people. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yep. So they pull him in. I'm like, did they put clothes on him before they put him in the car? Give me some Maybe they, they probably did. They were like, throw something on. They can't take him to the station naked. <laughs> they just wrap his hammock around him. <laughs> Maybe they did that. <laughs> Please cover up, sir. Sir, we do not sir, need your wing. we do not need to see that. God damn it. <laughs> um... Anyway, so they get him in. During interrogation, Carrie shocks everyone. He confesses to Joy's murder. And then he continues to confess to Carol, Julie, and Sylvina. Um, he gives them details about what he did, why he right. did, his thoughts to it. Mm-hmm. Um, he explained that he had wanted to kill his girlfriend and her kids. Who he had been living with, I think, for a year. Those kids loved him. And, like, remember, he would, like, carry them around. And Mm -hmm. he was, like, they would be excited to see him. Mm -hmm. They felt completely jilted about the whole thing. Like, they were, we loved you so much and you were going to fucking kill us. you were going to kill us. You know, that just, I mean, all of that would, like, fuck with your head. Like, the girlfriend, you know, like, I didn't see any signs of this. And I was living with this guy for a year. And I let these, this motherfucker around around my children. And I didn't even see anything. And he seemed normal. Right. And then that would really make you question your judgment. Oh, you do. You know? Yeah. Oh, God. Mm. And so then he also explains how his brother was kidnapped when he was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And his brother, Stephen. That's a whole other story. Which that actually could be another. I thought about, I already thought about that. Yeah, that could actually be another episode about his brother. So just real quick, his brother Stephen was kidnapped when Carrie was um, seven years old and he was kept as a sex slave and other crazy shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he escapes or something and he comes back seven years later. And so um, Steve, I'm sorry, He also um, got another boy. He recruited another boy to um, be, be with his captor. 
That's just interesting. When he was too, when he was getting too old. I think I know the story then. Yeah, when he was getting too old. There's a so. movie on it. It might. It, on I think Steven's so. case. I think so. There is. Yeah, because. Yeah. So Carrie was saying how the fact that his brother had this, this happen. Attention. He got all this attention. It pissed him off. Mm-hmm. He was in, not only did he have a brother that was kidnapped. He was pissed off. The reason he was pissed off at the FBI was because in the Rangers and stuff was because when his brother was missing, it didn't seem to have that much attention. But now that these girls are missing, the whole entire SWAT team comes down and is looking for it. So he actually, during the, the initial search, when he was walking him through, Mm -hmm. the FBI had walked away from him and under his breath to somebody he worked with Mm -hmm. at the lodge, he said, or the motel or hotel, he says, um, they didn't do this much work when my brother went missing. Ah, and so he was really annoyed uh, that, that they were giving him attention. Right. Or that they were that getting he, so much They were getting so effort, much attention and national attention and And it didn't that. seem the same for his brother for when his brother. brother was missing. Yeah. yeah. It, like, basically, had you looked for my brother, you would have found him and this wouldn't have happened to me. Mm-hmm. It was selfish. It was, it's, it, it was different also because they came – he came from a family that was of a lower income and stuff. And, okay. Um, I think probably that played into oh for sure you know the search and everything for him it just you know it was like a really messed up broken home yeah and we're know? yeah we're gonna get to that so they, he actually tries to use that for his um excuse his, yeah alibi mm-hmm. or whatever yep <laughs> So during trial, Carrie pleaded not guilty because See, of reason of insanity. And not, I mean, and then you've already confessed to it. But he's saying he's not guilty because he's that he had had a wealth of trauma in his childhood. So mm-hmm. including a familial history of sexual abuse, mental health or mental illness, um, his brother being kidnapped, like we talked about. Um, and that this manifested not only in the murders, but also in his obsessive compulsive disorder, as well as when Carrie was doing all this and confessing, he requested to be provided with child pornography in return for confession. So they're saying that all of this... That did they did they provide that? I, they probably did they because they confessed. That is terrible. It doesn't say that he did, but you know, no, they didn't mention like no, we yeah, denied well, they that. Yeah, gave lots of this porn. That is gross. Yeah. yeah, that's gross. So whether he didn't or not, we have just pretended that they did. Um, so they're saying that all of this is playing out. Um, and either way, let's see. It says a doctor testified that Carrie had mild autism. Obsessive compulsive disorder and paraphilia, which I didn't do my homework and I didn't know clue what paraphilia is. Um, do you know paraphilia? Should we look it up? Para talking. He talks a lot. A talking disorder. No, I think it's, <laughs> oh, no. I think it's something gross. Uh, let's Ew, look, probably. Okay. I think I've heard of it before. Um, we are searching. P A R A P H. Okay, I just suck here. Get into it. Okay, wait. I think I put in the wrong one. Okay, <laughs> yeah, something popped up. Paraphilia. Okay, so how do you spell it again? P a r a p h i l i a. Paraphilia. Okay. So, a condition characterized by abnormal sexual desires, typically involving extreme or dangerous activities. Okay. Yeah. Has nothing to do with talking. Okay. No. That's what I thought. I kind of thought so, it was something probably gross. 
So, yeah, that's what he was diagnosed with. Um, Carrie was nevertheless found sane and convicted of four counts of first-degree murder by a jury on August 27th of 2002. Mm. He was sentenced to death and housed in the Adjustment Center on Death Row in San Quentin Penitentiary in California and remains on death row today. Good. So that is... I don't... I've never heard of that. Yeah. There's extra... There's... There's extra info. I'm sure there's so much extra information. So uh, if we we can do another thing, it'll probably be like a whole hour on it. We're going to do it again? No, there's like side stories. Oh, yeah, that. I'm sure. I mean, there's several side stories. Yeah, I just... So I picked this this case because California, you were saying... See, yeah, is one I of the biggest California case, too. Is, you guys, people in California listen to the show. It's yeah. one of our biggest listening bases. It's our number one state that listens to us, mm-hmm. which... By thank far. Thank you, California. We love California. California, love. love. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst rendition. Um, <laughs> so I picked a California case, and of course, I didn't dave, delve deep into finding something rare, but I came on this and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then mm-hmm. I, it just kept going and mm-hmm. getting bigger. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I'd never heard of it, but hopefully I did it some sort of justice. I think you did a good job okay. on it. Yeah. I touched, good story. I touched base. I touched base. Yeah, good job. Okay. Splendid. Splendid. Okay. I got a California story as well. Um, this one, though, is not recent. So... What's funny is, so you did a California case, and that's actually our first serial killer case. Uh, yeah, we haven't had serial killers. We've yeah, you're just, right. Yeah. Because so it's first too hard one. to do. It's so hard to do. <laughs> and so then this is our first case um, that is old. <laughs> okay. This is from the 60s. Okay. Yeah, and this is the first time I've... It's I've, the oldest case we've touched. It's the oldest case. And so I was looking into California... And uh, just looking into cases. And this one's unique. I haven't heard it. And um, it's a unique story. And it was very, very, very popular at the time. Okay. Okay. So this story is about a desperate housewife. Very similar. (laughs) You know what a desperate housewife is. The show. Yeah. Well, the show, like a desperate housewife is like somebody who... Is a housewife. She stays at home. She's bored. Yeah, she's desperate for like what I have. Yeah, attention, love, friendship, sex, friendship, everything. Her husband's always gone. Yeah, it seems like she has a perfect life, but she doesn't. No, she's yeah, put up a facade. Exactly. So this one, so she was uh, desperate for the American dream, Mm -hmm. um, for status, for big dream house, but mostly she wanted love. So we're going to go back to the 60s, 1963 to be exact, in San Bernardino County um, in the Alta Loma Rancho Cucamongo. Cucamonga? Yeah, yeah, Cucum- yeah. Whatever. Cucamonga. Um, yeah. <laughs> Area. That's the only <laughs> like time I know. I'm saying that. I know. <laughs> like I know. <laughs> well, you probably have heard it. Yeah. I just remember it from Camp Beverly Hills. I love Camp Beverly Hills. I, that's the first time I heard uh, Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> oh, God. So, Damn it. This is in Southern California. It's uh, part of a greater Los Angeles area. So I want you to picture a beautiful home. Picturing. With a huge picture window in the living room. Mm -hmm. You can see the San Gabriel Mountains because your home is right on the foothills. Mm -hmm. This is a lovely area filled with lemon trees and orange groves. It's a quiet area where homes are spread out. 
And then Lucille Miller is looking out of that picture window and wondering how her life got so screwed up. Oh, my God. Oh, it looks pretty on the outside, but just like the TV show, Desperate Housewives, there was a lot of shit going on in San Bernardino County. So, before we get into Lucille's mess of a life, let's talk about Lucille Miller. She was from Winnipeg, Canada. She was vibrant, full of life, very colorful personality, and she wanted to get out of her small town and live. So... She moved to the States for college. She went to Walla Walla College, Mm. (laughs) a seven-day Adventist-affiliated college near Walla Walla, Washington. Mm -hmm. I just remember Walla Walla because there's um, a girl on the real world. She would always be like, Walla Walla. I just remember that's the first time I ever heard of it. I miss that show. I do, too. Oh, yeah. The old one, not like the newer. Yes. And so... um, so she went to this college. It was located with her um, religion. She was a Seventh-day Adventist. And at the, um, in Walla Walla, she met a smart guy named Gordon Clark. And he went by Cork. So that's what we're just going to call him in this story, Cork. And so Lucille's father had always told her that she better marry well because she wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Nor the prettiest mm. one either. What the fuck? I know her father told her that. I mean, that's a yeah. good way to get someone to marry into whatever they can find. Well, yeah. And she's told that and stuff. And she's kind of like um, sort of uh, flighty, you know. But um, I don't think she's I don't think she's like stupid or anything like that. But I think like a lot of people thought kind of like. She, she was, was living in the clouds. Absolutely. (laughs) That's a very good way to put it. So, Cork was going places. He had also graduated from Walla Walla College. Then he went to dental school. Uh, He was so smart, he was admitted into an accelerated program and was a dentist by the age of 21. Oh, my God. I know. And so, uh, when she met him, he was stationed nearby as a medical officer in the Army. He was from a family of dentists. But... He had a dream of being a pilot. But his father shot that dream down. His father told him that he wouldn't pay for school if he didn't want to be a dentist. So Cork caved in and became a dentist, looking into rotten, cavity-filled mouths all fucking dead. Ah, you don't think that's cute? No, I wouldn't want to be a dentist, would you? Mm-mm. No, that just sounds like a really gross like, Can't you just brush your teeth? <laughs> Brush your teeth. No, I mean, it's not that easy, but I love going to the dentist, though. Do you? I do love I the dentist. I hate the dentist. It's I one really... of my favorite things. Is it? Because I like the fact that my mouth is so clean. That is crazy. I've I, never I have heard an appointment that. every six, six weeks or six months. Really? Oh, yeah. On the I court. have never heard that before, that someone loves going to the dentist. That is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't Have you love ever had the... a cavity? When I was little. Really? See, that's why... That's why. Because of, like, the my uh, medical condition that I have, it makes me have dry mouth, which therefore makes me have cavities. Okay. And so almost every single time I go to a dentist, I have a cavity. Oh, yeah. So that I would hate suck. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you look at my teeth, my teeth look like they're perfect, but they're not. <laughs> okay. Kind of like a real housewife. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So... He did not want to go to... He did not want to. Look at rotten teeth. So he he hated his job. 
But anyway, he did it. So anyway, Cork and Lucille soon got married. Uh, they had three children, Deborah, Ronnie, and Guy. And eventually they moved to California where Cork opened his dental practice. He was making about $39,000 a year, which in today's money is 300000 Oh, I love that. So uh, she married well. Yes. And Lucille had a house built for the family because there is no way she was going to move into a house that someone else had already lived in. God. What? what? Was she rich before? No. That's what, <laughs> no. She, no. She was like a farm girl. Yeah. Okay. The small town. So everything had to be bigger and better. And it's also uh, this time in the 60s, uh, a lot of people were, um, they were trying to move past from uh, the old. They wanted new. Yes. Um, and so all the appliances, yes, all everything. The... And so that's just the time that it was in as well. But she also had these big, huge dreams. And so she had um, dreamed of having a life that everyone envied. And so she forged Cork's signature on some loan docs so she could have this house built. He didn't just do it. No, she she made the decision. So Cork found out. But he didn't really fight Lucille on this. You know, whatever she wanted, she got. God. The mortgage was about 30000 which in today's money is 248000 Okay. That big house had nothing inside it. In the living room, there was only a green coffee table with gold legs. I mean, there wasn't full? No. There was nothing in it. None of the windows had curtains. So it was pretty on the outside, but it wasn't pretty on the inside. What's the purpose? So that she can brag about having this. But great nobody big can house. come and see it. Yeah, she just always she's about image. Totally that about is, image. That's a she stopped a little short on that. Yeah. Just fill it up a little bit. So thirty-four year old Lucille filled her days with housewifery duties, like dusting that one coffee table. Okay, that makes sense about cleaning. <laughs> she attended ladies' luncheons and charity meetings. And 39-year-old Cork filled his days dreading work, his life, everything. He was miserable. He was depressed and at times suicidal. Oh, man. He was writing prescriptions for himself for barbiturates, self-medicating, and he was constantly high. So, see, things are not always so perfect. They did have good times, though. They would socialize with friends, other married couples whose children became their children's friends. And a couple that they hung out with the most was a lawyer friend named Arthwell and his desperate housewife, Elaine Hayton. And they were also Seventh-day Adventists, and they became very close. Elaine was Lucille's best friend. In 1964, everything started to go wrong in Lucille Miller's world. First, in April 1964, Elaine had a sudden death. So that was her best friend. Mm. Um, she had been ill, so Lucille visited her. She nursed her, and she was also watching Elaine's kids because her husband, Arthwell, was out boating. Lucille found out the next day that her dear, dear friend had passed away, and so she was obviously devastated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Cork also took the death hard because, you know, they were all friends. Mm -hmm. And so it seemed like he fell into a deeper depression. Oh, man. Lucille didn't know what to do. And then in May, Cork was briefly hospitalized for a bleeding ulcer. 
and his depression grew deeper yep probably oh yeah you're stressing man stressed out and medicine it all the medicine all that medicine i'm sure probably Mm. that did it Mm -hmm. and back then too Mm. yeah he's drinking Uh he's He's, taking medicine he's he's, living it he's a mess um his daughter she wrote a awesome um article and she talked about she never saw her father like without being high medicine okay. he would walk into walls and knock over oh, lamps and stuff. He, he was, was out of it he was high yeah and doing teeth yes i would hate to go to that dentist <laughs> i'll take the sober dentist any day scary one oh it? yeah oh my gosh yeah come here i mean drilling gas for me, gas drilling for into gas your for mouth me. i know just put give me the gas yeah how about just knock me out yeah see that's actually how i would like to go to the dentist is just knock me out mm-hmm. and then i wake up and then it's fine I had a bad experience at the dentist. <laughs> yeah. So I had um, where the um, Nova came where we're off mm. and they were drilling. Okay. And I was telling the dentist and he just was like, oh, just a second. It'll oh, be just done. zoo, zoo, zoo. Yes. And so you're I like... felt the pain and everything. And so that's why I think I have such a big problem with going to the Okay. Dentist. I might never like to go back again. Thanks. Sorry. I doubt it. You love it. So. <laughs> I do love it. <laughs> that is so weird. So anyway. Um, sorry, I have to get back into my notes. So, so he's walking into walls. Yes, he's Jeez. his depression is growing deeper after he's been hospitalized. And so Cork would always threaten to leave. He'd actually storm out of the house. He'd leave for a night, but then he'd always return. And so Lucille and Cork constantly fought behind closed doors, but the kids always heard. They thought that the kids didn't hear, but they heard. Oh, of course. And so there's, it's echoing in there. I mean, yeah, there's this nothing to table. block the sound. Shit. <laughs> and so he said, I'm sick of looking at open mouths. <laughs> I don't blame him. And he hated his job. He wanted to be a pilot. He didn't want the same life that Lucille was pushing him into. And he was make and she was making them further and further into debt to the tune of sixty four thousand dollars, which in today's money is five hundred and thirty thousand oh dollars. They were God. in debt. He made so much money. How are you in debt but like they that? Are, yeah, they are hugely in debt. So we're still in nineteen sixty four. Her friend has passed away. Cork has been hospitalized. Now in June, Lucille and her fourteen year old daughter Deborah were driving down Banyan Street. And they were going to get Deborah's hair done for her eighth grade graduation when a man ran a stop sign and hit their car. So they were T-boned. Mm-hmm. And so the street is uh, surrounded on both sides by lemon groves, and there are very few homes on that street. But somebody came uh, to their rescue. Lucille had a broken jaw. And Deborah had 50 stitches in her face. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how about that for your eighth grade graduation? Yeah. And Deborah was terrified of her parents driving back down that street, Banyan Street. So she asked her father, what were the odds of the family getting into an accident on Banyan Street again? And he said that would be almost impossible. And so that gave her relief, but not for long. Then uh, in July, 64, Fed up with Cork's depression and anger and drug use, Lucille filed for divorce. Okay. But she soon changed her mind after deciding to make it work with Cork. She said, let's have a baby. Because having a baby always means, you know, relationship and marriage and everything. You know? Right. Yeah. So. Uh, let's have a baby. Yeah, let's have a baby. Let's have another one. We're broke? 
<laughs> you're drunk and high. This is not yeah, a let's good time. Mend, let's mend this. And so, uh, but Cork was still depressed and suicidal. One night, Cork and Lucille had been arguing, and Lucille yelled to her daughter, Deborah, to get her father's car keys because he was threatening to crash the car and die. Oh, my God. And so the reason why he wanted to um, uh, die in a car crash is because they had life insurance, a double uh-huh. indemnity. and if they, um, So they had the regular life insurance payment, but then if you died in an accident, you get more. So he wanted to do that for the family so they get more money. Uh, he was just always thinking about them. I know. I feel like he cared about them, but he just hated his wife. He was wife, out of control. But yes, he just yeah. didn't know what to do. And so uh, Lucille told her daughter, Deborah, uh, to uh, get the car keys and to keep them. So uh, uh, Deborah goes and gets them and goes into her bedroom. And so um, she keeps them until her mom comes and gets them from her right. later. Yeah. So she's part of the, she understands how her family's messed up she and everything. Up she's, yeah, she had it, yeah, grew up in that mess. So something bad did happen in the early morning hours of October 8th, 1964. On a dark country road, Banyan Street again, surrounded by lemon trees that are all, all sunken in, only one car is on the street, and it's a 1963 black. Volkswagen Beetle, and it's uh, Lucille's and Cork's car. Lucille is screaming, help me, someone please help me. And Lucille had made it out of the car, but Cork was still in the car. The car is on fire. Uh, He was unconscious, and Lucille was unable to free him from the fire. The last image Lucille has of her husband is that he is in the car, and he is, quote, black. Lucille decides to run down the, fuck the street. What does that mean? It's burned? <laughs> burned. Yeah. Lucille decides to run down the street in search of a house for someone to call for emergency for help. But there were not any homes near. Remember that street is right. just Full of abandoned. Lemon trees. So uh, she finally, she ran about a mile before she found a house. And Lucille banged on the door of a home and a woman answered and Lucille fell into her arms sobbing and saying, what am I going to tell my children? There is no person. There will be no casket. There'll be no one in the in the casket. And so that's what she's saying. Yeah. And so it was around 145 a.m. There's no well, person. remember the last image she saw was black. I mean, it, I mean, you're not thinking then the person's probably still alive, right? But who if says it like that? So know. dramatic. Um, so 1960. It's the 1960. <laughs> it's 1960 language. A, right. <laughs> and she's holding up the Right. Right. It's very, it's all very dramatic. dramatic. Yes. And so the woman asked if there was anyone else uh, that Lucille needed her to call. And Lucille said for the woman to call her good friend, who was also a lawyer, Harold. And this is different from the other lawyer I mentioned earlier. So her lawyer, Harold, took, um, came and got her at the house. And then they go back to Banyan Street where the car is. The police and firefighters were there. Uh, police asked to speak with Lucille about the fire. And Lucille tells the events of the evening. So this is what she said happened. She explained that earlier in the evening, her husband had arrived home from work and he was complaining about having a migraine. He said his head felt like it had been hit by a Mack truck. He was a regular sufferer of migraine headaches and took prescription pain pills for them. He took prescription pain pills <laughs> for them. Yeah. Yeah. And so... As um, 
as he did that evening, and then he lied down on their couch. So a little after midnight, they were watching TV, and Cork asked his wife to make him hot chocolate to help him feel better. So they were out of milk. Lucille wanted to go to the store to buy milk so their children would have it in the morning for their cereal. Lucille didn't like driving at night, and they lived in a part of the county that didn't have street lamps and also was densely populated. And so the main county road, which was Banyan, was twisty. The family's Volkswagen Beetle had been in an accident that day, too. Cork had hit a dog earlier with the car. Yeah. And they thought there was possibly some damage. So. What size dog did he hit? It was a um, uh, German Shepherd. I didn't really want to get into that. No, no, no. We're not getting into yeah, that. I just wanted to say he hit him. But, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So. Because of all those reasons, Cork decided to go with Lucille to the 24-hour Mayfair Market, which I was surprised in 1964 that they actually had 24-hour stores. I didn't know that. So anyway. <laughs> you know, the things you learn. I know. So Lucille knocked on her daughter's door, Deborah, you know, and told her that they were leaving to get milk for the morning. And Lucille drove because Cork was still not feeling well, and of course he was high on, on pain. Yeah. And so... Uh, Cork brought a pillow and blanket so he could rest during the drive. Lucille locked the passenger door because she was worried that Cork leaning against it may open it. So she gets milk at the market and she heads back home. She's driving about 35 uh, miles per hour. Then the car jerked to the right and went off the road. Next thing she knows is that there are flames in the back of the car. Because remember, VWs, their engines are in the back, Mm -hmm. not in the front. So Lucille jumps out of the car. She tries to open the passenger door, but it's It's locked. locked. And so she finds a heavy rock and she throws it through the window. But the flames are too hot. She's trying to reach into the car, but it's just too hot. So she finds a large branch and she tries to push her husband out of the car. She's trying to even wake him up, but he won't wake up. And she can't push him. Because uh, he's about 60 pounds uh, more than her. And he's just unconscious. She cannot get him to wake up. So Lucille's panicking now. She has seen the flames growing and she knows this isn't good. So she begins to run down the street screaming for help. And that's when she finds her neighbor. So Cork was dead by the time the firefighters and police had arrived. So the evidence supported Lucille's story. There was a broken window. There was a nine-pound rock in the car. There was two scorched cartons of milk in the back seat. They found a four-foot-long branch uh, nearby that had been scorched, and there were skid marks on the road. And wheels were turned to the right, and they also found a nail in the front right tire. So she had said that she probably got a blown-out tire, and that's why the car just Mm -hmm. went. So around 6 a.m., Lucille returned home. She now had to tell her three children, ages 14, 8, and 9, that their father had died. She was so upset that all she could tell her children was that their dad was dead and it was an accident. She was curled in the fetal position on her bed and she just sobbed. Family friends took the children in to give Lucille time to rest. But the police were at her home. They still had questions about the accident. It was now daylight, and they could see the scene much clearer. There was a hole in her story. Lucille never mentioned that there was a gas can in the back seat. 
and that the gas can didn't have a cap, and that the gas can toppled over and had spilled. But the milk cartons were upright, and they didn't fall. And she didn't mention the car was in a low gear, so low that an accident would be impossible. The skid marks were straight, not swervy, like how she said that she had swerved to the right. God. Um, The police started to think that perhaps this wasn't an accident. The police theory was that Lucille drugged her husband, pulled off the side of the road, doused the car and her husband with gasoline, used the stick to push down um, on the accelerator, you know, push down on it, um, while she tried to push the car over an embankment, over an embankment that goes into the lemon groves because lemon groves are kind of, you know, are sunken in. I don't know. Lemon groves are sunken. Oh, grow. Yeah, well, sunken on in. this street, they're, oh, okay, they're okay. sunken in. Yeah. And so um, the car would fall down um, four feet down into the lemon gro- grove and then Catch explode. Fire. Yes. So she would then walk the two miles back to her home and no one would know. So when she was unable to push the car that far, uh, she set the car on fire and tried to stage the scene to appear she tried to help her husband escape. A big problem with the state's theory was that when the autopsy results came back, it did show that Cork was alive when the fire and the fire did kill him. So it wasn't like he had been killed before. And so that support, supported Lucille's claim that he was asleep. The state thought she had killed Cork first by overdosing him. The police felt that they had the evidence and through good old-fashioned investigation, they believed that they had a motive too. Lucille Miller was arrested for first-degree murder of her husband, Gordon Cork Miller. She would be facing the death penalty. Mm. At that time, no woman had been executed in California. So the trial begins and the prosecution states that Lucille planned the murder. They talk about the poorly staged accident and they give what they think was Lucille's motive. Cork had a double indemnity life insurance, meaning you have your normal life insurance payout. Mm -hmm. But if the death was caused by an accident, you will receive an additional amount. So the total amount would have been $125,000, which and our money is a little over $1 million. I know. <laughs> so the prosecution called this a case of greed and love. Love? Love. Love. Oh. Love of money. Oh, did I forget to mention that Lucille was having an affair? <laughs> <laughs> well, she did. So remember Arthur Hayton um, and his wife, Elaine? Elaine, the one who is her best friend? Yes. She was married to the lawyer, Arthur. And Elaine died um, She was taking suddenly. care of Elaine. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Well, Lucille and Arthur were screwing. <laughs> and police were going to take another look into Elaine's death. Oh, no. It had been ruled as a death due to an allergy to hairspray. What? <laughs> but she had a lot of barbiturates found in her system. And uh, who was also with Elaine when she di- before, right before she died? That was Lucille. And who called Lucille while she was with Elaine? Arthwell called the home while she was there. So that's Elaine's death, but we're talking about corks right now. <laughs> so back to that. 
So the state believed that Lucille wanted it all. She wanted the money and the perfect husband. And Cork just wasn't cutting it. You know, Arthwell Mm-mm. had like the personality. Mm-hmm. He had the money, you know. He was willing status. to kill people for money. <laughs> so, yeah. So she was like, she just, you know. He had furniture. <laughs> right. So, but the defense wasn't going to let the state make this trial about an affair. Uh, remember, this is the 60s, so this was huge. It was on the front page of every newspaper. Uh, it was bigger than even Hollywood gossip. Wow. Uh, there were people camping out in front of the court every day. Huge. And that was also getting, and also what was getting huge was Lucille's belly. No. Yeah, she was pregnant. And oh it wasn't Arthwell's baby. No. It That's was probably her. why she was probably talking her husband into the pregnancy yeah. and she couldn't get him to do it. And so it was her dead husband's baby. Oh, it was? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, Damn it. so the defense was like, yes, she messed up and she had an affair. But she wasn't still seeing Arthwell when her, when Cork died. They had ended things months before. They ended things the past summer. And that was even before Lucille had filed for divorce. She had stopped seeing Arthwell. Actually, Arthwell dumped her. (laughs) Oh, man. He had spoken with his pastor, and his pastor advised him to stop seeing her. Lucille was pissed and wanted to tell the pastor off. She's like, I have a few words to tell him. Sure. So. You ain't taking my man. Right. You know, this is just normal breakup stuff, though. Whatever. (laughs) So. But they were over and she was having a baby with cork to mend the relationship cork's mother even testified that he had told her about the baby and how the baby was supposed to save the marriage also lucille didn't need the insurance money she would get a really good settlement in alimony if she divorced cork so why would she want him dead and she had friends testify about the countless times she stopped cork from trying to end his life she never wanted him dead She also had an explanation for why she was driving around with a gas can. There was testimony about her being scatterbrained, and she would forget to fill up the gas, and it would end up stranded somewhere, and Cork made her buy the gas in case that happened again. So take that, prosecution. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) So the prosecution portrayed Lucille as a greedy housewife. They alluded to multiple affairs. Uh, they called her a manipulator and a user of people. The defense portrayed Lucille as an honest woman. She even admitted the affair to her husband when he asked her if she was seeing Arthwell. He was like, did you see Arthwell? She was like, yeah, I'm seeing him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't lie. She said she's a very honest person. Mm-hmm. So she was guilty of falling in love outside of her marriage, but not murder. So how do you think the jury decided on this one? <laughs> I would say they probably they probably charged her. No, did you say? Yeah, you're right. So on March 5th, 1965, she was found guilty of first-degree murder. Mm. And she was sentenced to life, but not death. So she didn't get the death penalty. Life, life? She's still Life there. in prison. And so um, her daughter, Deborah, cried out, she didn't do it. She didn't do it. And a good friend called all the jurors murderers. Lucille gave birth to a baby girl named Kimmy K while in prison. Is that Kim Kardashian? I love that. Is this the story of Kim Kardashian? <laughs> Kim Kardashian is not that old. <laughs> it's like in 1965. <laughs> and Lucille was paroled 
Lucille was paroled after seven years. Oh, so okay. she served seven, seven years. years. Yeah. That's not life. No. Yeah. But this also in this long 60s, time ago. Okay. So, yeah. And and I mean, this was like big because remember, she this is a white woman. And had she's money. pregnant. And had money. Yes. And she's, you know, being charged with all of this. This was like huge. And probably wouldn't happen now. Right. <laughs> you know. So there isn't much known about her life after that. Uh, we know that she had three job offers even before she left prison. And it sounds like she was close to her children. Yeah. Three job offers. <laughs> three job offers. Mm-hmm. And um, sounds like she was close to a her forgetful children. woman getting three job job offers. I know. Okay. She studied and stuff while she was in prison. Oh, okay, like she became a stenographer. Okay, and so she was close with her children until her death on November fourth, nineteen eighty six. Uh, her daughter Kimmy died of lung cancer at twenty five. Oh, I know. And she got two children. Kimmy did. Yep. Kimmy. Yeah, and Deborah and Ron are teachers and writers, and Guy is a dentist. They all married, but they did not have kids. Kimmy was the only one who had kids. And um, a lot of this info I got from Deborah Miller. She wrote a wonderful article for the Los Angeles Times. And then also there is a great essay by Joan Didion called Some Dreamers of the Golden Dream, which is like very well known and respected and she wrote an awesome essay on it and of course I'll put all that in the show notes so that is the story of Lucille Miller you think she was innocent <laughs> you know that's just a really hard case and part of me almost thinks that her and Cork planned this so that she, she wanted to come yes yeah. I almost think that it was like that but I'm not sure. Okay. You know? How do you feel? You just feel like... I could I could see her being innocent. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was really hard. Because mm-hmm. at first I was like, oh, she did it. And then it was like, once you start looking into it, it's like, I'm not sure. I can see the forgetting the gas can thing yes. in there. And it tips over and it causes a fire. Right. You know? Or, yeah, I, I can see that. And I can also see like... The smell of the gas had to have been horrendous right. inside the car. I know. So this is going back to... I know. Some of it is like, is like not planned right, you know? I'm a smells person, though. And she's... Well, she was she was pregnant she, at the time, she so pregnant. so she, yeah, she, her smell should have been totally heightened. on. And so I am almost thinking that her and Court planned it together. Yeah. Um, you know, it was either that or it was intentional. Yes, that's what I agree. I agree okay. too. Yeah, either that or intentional. So we're back to we don't know. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's Lucille Miller. I'd never heard of that before, mm-hmm. and um, I just thought, let me do it. And yeah, that was yeah. a good. That was a good one. Man. Man. So I thought maybe we could end the show by you talking about uh, the new member of your family. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have had um, an addition to the family. It's a little kitty kitty. Yes. And um, kitty's name is Buddha. Buddha. And he's officially four weeks old. Mm-hmm. And I've had him since he was two days old. Yes. And, and how so big is he? He was, <laughs> when I got him, he was 1.8 ounces. Oh, my gosh. And now he is 10.3 to 5 ounces. <laughs> and um, he's getting his teeth today. Like, Aww, they just popped through today. Really? 
Yes. Like, he got he had little nubs yesterday, and then today it's, like, more teeth. Aww. Um, And he's eating well, and um, he's had a couple doses of antibiotics in his little life. Mm-hmm. Um, but he seems to be getting stronger, yes. and he's running around and chasing me. I, I, so it's cute. It's crazy because I, we had just, I had just seen him over the weekend, and he was not – walking yeah we were we actually were set to record a couple days ago (laughs) and little buddha had um we had a a little scare yeah we thought you know it was like i was really scared for him and then um we just had to cancel that recording yeah so we've rescheduled and this is our second um good thing we didn't get into the recording of that show that far yeah i agree i agree it just wasn't we weren't in a right we weren't ready yeah we weren't Um, in the right space also i i want to take this time to just to apologize for mm -hmm. us having a break yeah you know and i I appreciate you guys staying with us and everything and we'll try to be more consistent yeah i think a a lot of that was buddha was new and i had no sleep (laughs) and time schedules bottle feeding him you guys and she's asked to feed him like every couple hours she's just like a new mommy it is like a new mommy i took this little kitty on thinking <laughs> I've got time you know I could bring him to work with me mm-hmm. and I can feed him and um and then it's been much more like he has enough stuff that it's like carrying around a baby it things is. and he comes with me to work every day <laughs> and I'm up every three to five hours you know feeding him right it's, um, a, it's a it's a it's a lot so he's getting better and he's getting stronger and I'll show pictures of him because as a photographer, that is something I've done as milestone pictures from little eyes closed to now he's walking around. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll share some of those. Yeah, yeah, we'll share those. And he's he's actually going to be our um, studio Studio kitty. kitty. So we're very excited about that. So yeah. Yeah, so we have a new member, so we have Buddha. We'll share pics of it. And so I thought it'd be nice to end on something happy. Yeah, he's definitely happy. <laughs> yeah, dude. he's really, yeah. He's so cute. He's so cute. So um, make sure then that you guys are following us on social media. Yep. And uh, we're on uh, Facebook. Instagram. Um Twitter. Uh, we're going to be working on our Twitter more. I'll try that out. Yeah. I, I'm not used to Twitter, so. So fast. Just bear with us yeah. <laughs> on that. But we also have um, a discussion group, and we love for you guys to join. So then we can talk about things. And also, so it's not public. We can just talk about, like, you know, cases more, and we can yes. be private, and you can put your – Share with share us. Share more. We're going to actually – right now we're sharing on our current public page, but we're going to move that stuff that mm-hmm. we're sharing on public to the private yes. page. And our public page is just going to be sharing about when the episodes come out. Yes. Um, so we'll move that kind of conversation over so then you can – if you've got friends and family that don't realize that you're a true crime right. fan, you can bring it into the group chat, talk mm-hmm. to us see pictures of the kitty cat yes. that's where we're gonna post them yeah um and then so come and see that and just let us know what you think yes and then of course uh share us with your friends that's the best way to help us out mm-hmm. and uh rate us and review us we, yeah we love uh that and we love hearing from you guys uh our email is official what the f podcast at gmail and just email us and uh we love talk Yep, and yep. I, I want to set a goal for our reviews. Right now, we're at like 38 or 39. Yes. Let's get to 50. Let's get to 50, Can we please? get to 50? Can please, please. That would make us happy. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so for those who and we're have, talking, Yeah, and we're talking yeah. about on uh, iTunes, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Um, do that. And, I mean, it's fine if you guys are rating us on other platforms and stuff, too. We love that. And But we're trying on um, iTunes just to get to 50. Yep. So... I think that's a, a, a nice goal. 
I do too. So we know you're out there. We're watching you, uh, our listening, yeah. following grow every day. Yeah, so it's pretty we have cool a to lot see of, that. We have a lot of listeners. So we just want to be able to interact talk. with you guys. Yeah. yeah. So okay. thank you so much. Thank and you. Until. We'll see you next time. Next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.